Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks. And I'm Zach Fishman. And this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back to Modern Business Podcast. This is the podcast for franchise entrepreneurs. And for the regular listeners, you know that we've been publishing a ton of our Supplier Wire series, bringing you knowledge from that side of franchising. By that side of franchising, I mean supplier organizations. And we have an incredible lineup of franchisors and multi-unit franchisees over the next couple of months. I'm actually quite excited about it. We've surpassed the 450 episode mark. And so a couple of uh, final top of house announcements, unconferences coming up. It's pretty much almost full. It's kind of like franchise spring break for the folks that haven't been. Amazing networking, skiing, learning, fun, uh, things to do for folks that do not like to ski. You can find that at franchisors.com. And uh, with that, I'll just get straight into the episode. So we have a special guest today. Uh, I've got someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, the CEO of the International Franchise Association, Mr. Matt Haller. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ryan. Good to be back. How are you? Yeah, good Good to have you back. I need to put a, either a number two or three. I'm not quite sure. I know that you've been on, I know that you've been on one or two times, but um, we're, we're obviously a week out from convention uh, as of recording this. And I call, I call the convention the Super Bowl of franchising. It's the kind of the one event that uh, you really need to be at uh, for, for a lot of franchise organizations. Um, tremendous amount of brain power uh, in those halls. Um, I've met mentors and, you know, have had life changing experiences personally at, at the convention. And so we're going to talk about that and then several other things in our time here today. So um, I made the Super Bowl reference. Matt, do you have a, a, a genie rub Super Bowl guess or do you want to shy away from that? <laughs> Look, uh, I, I, this year we have both the Super Bowl and the World Series covered uh, at, with our with our big keynote speaker, Deion Sanders, primetime. I mean, so we had. Shaquille O'Neal two years ago. We had Drew Brees last year, who I know uh, you were great to have on your show. And yeah, primetime is not in franchising, but also certainly somebody that is interested in, you know, the economics of everything that he touches kind of rises. And, you know, in our conversations with him and his team, you know, they're very keen on, you know, brand partnerships and, you know, ways to leverage his brand in concert with, you know, brands and, and others in, in franchising. Uh, and also just as a sort of a leader of people uh, and, you know, driving change in Boulder with what he's done uh, there, recently named SI's uh, Sports Person of the Year for good reason. I mean, he's sort of like right after Taylor Swift, like probably the biggest get that we could get in, at the at the IFA at this moment in time. And so we were thrilled to get him. And I think it's gonna be a dynamite conversation that he'll have with Wanda Williams, who is the uh, head of global franchising for Young Brands and, you know, a force in and of herself uh, as, you know, one of the foremost uh, w leading women uh, of color in franchising. And, you know, that's a big priority of, of coach as well. Uh, is, you know, creating generational wealth and, you know, creating opportunity for anybody to get ahead. And that's what franchising is. And that's, that's what the story that we want to tell. So, you know, that's, that's how we're driving the Super Bowl of franchising uh, in our conversation forward this year. 
it's a beautiful analogy and it's indicative i think of of kind of the 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 fresh perspective that you also have always strived to kind of bring to the role in which you have done a tremendous job i think that the the value of having someone like Dion sanders is incredible not to mention he's got my heart as i sit here in the city of dallas um, give me the general state of the union. I don't want to, I know that you've been on uh, some other podcasts. I don't want to, you know, jump into the same exact bullet points, but let's start with the general state of the union and then maybe triage that into the the ways that that is translating as we're going here into convention. There's a lot of opportunities to learn, um, to grow. I'm sure that maybe you can give us a scoop on something that you're, that, that you've got at a convention, but general state of the union. Look, I think we're we're kind of muddling through uh, this weird post-COVID non-recession, but not optimal economic climate. And you know, for me, it, what I hear from from franchisors and franchisees and suppliers is like those that are. I think the cream is like still rising to the top. And you know, if you've got a, a good business model uh, in in your system, uh, and you're spending your money where it needs to be, where where you think it needs to be spent. Uh, you know, you're still growing sustainably. Uh, I think I think that's what I'm hearing. I think those that like these periods, those that don't have kind of the great unit economics, or you know, maybe have overstretched a little bit. Like I th- I think things are still tough out there. Uh, because money costs more, um, even though not quite as much as it cost, you know, last year, you know, inflation's come down a bit, uh, but it's still, you know, an issue. Uh, you know, we're going to release our franchise or survey and our economic forecast next week. So I got to look at the data uh, earlier uh, this week. And, you know, it's it's good. It's positive. It's certainly a, still a, we're still in a growth environment, but particularly for franchisees, like they're just getting pressure on the margin. Uh, yep. with with particularly labor costs still. Uh, and and for franchisors, you know, that has an impact too because, you know, their franchisees aren't maybe as profitable as they'd like them to be. Uh, they're still, in many franchise sectors, they're leaving customers, um, you know, on the cutting room floor because they don't have labor availability, um, you know, to meet the demand for their product or their service. So, you know, that's why I say it's, we're not, we're certainly not in like optimal, you know, everybody's growing and like everything's perfect days. Um, and then lastly, and we can get into this however much you want, is you've got the like 30,000 put political uncertainty with wars and, you know, US, you know, presidential election and just all the dysfunction. And then we have, you know, several different policy uh, issues that are, you know, certainly creating a degree of uncertainty in, in our model. Uh, at the at the regulatory level, at the federal on the federal side, and then in you know depending on which states you're you know, over indexed in or as a franchisee operating in, uh, so there's just a lot going on, man. And you know I think that's why back you know circle it back to the convention. You know yes, like we'll do the State of the Union there, and yes, you'll hear from you know a lot of CEOs from you know Denny's to Neighborly to Great Clips, you know on the main stage and School of Rock and, and a handful of others. Uh, as well as franchisees, you know, big, sophisticated multi-unit operators uh, who will kind of give their their state of the world uh, and how they see it. But also in every 
conversation that occurs with, you know, 3,500 to 4,000 people there. There's just so many, like, I call it the intangibles of the IFA convention. You know, it's hard to say, yes, you should go specifically to this thing or, or, or that thing. Uh, but I always tell people like plan ahead, like get a roadmap for how yes. you want to invest your time. You know, also all the supplier parties and networking opportunities are, are so valuable. You know, I try to go to all of them just, you know, one to say thank you because you guys are all spending so much money, uh, at this event to, you know, make it a success from the exhibit hall to also invest in getting in front of franchisors and decision makers, you know, within your client base. And as you guys think about business development, so there's just so much there, it really is the Super Bowl, and there's, there's, it's like 70 events within an event, as I think about putting all the jigsaw puzzle pieces together, uh, between the breakouts and the super sessions and the main stage stuff and, you know, all the different committee meetings and other stuff that's going on. Yeah. There's several threads that I want to pull on there, but sure. we, uh, we'll, we'll get, I'll keep it moving past the macro, uh, macroeconomic wise, you're exactly accurate. I hear a lot of the same. Um, and it's, it's, there, there's a lot of amazing things happening out there and there is a lot of downward pressure. You, you, you brought up, and I think that a lot of folks are, are uh, privy to a lot of the things that have been going on. I did see, I think a week and a half ago or so ago, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, it's a blur, but there have been a couple of, of recent wins uh, from a legislative perspective. And then there's also a lot of threats. Do you wanna just double click down into that sure. a little bit? Yeah. Well, the joint employer issue. So NLRB issued a joint employer rule that goes into effect in uh, at the end of this month. So February 26. The U.S. House has passed legislation that would overturn that rule. The U.S. Senate is likely to take that up by the end of this month. So we're pushing them to do so before the rule is implemented. Uh, if that happens, then they'll the, the overturning of the rule would go to, to the White House. And while it's probably unlikely that the president would sign that into law because he'd be, you know, signing into law an overturning of a rule that his administration uh, implemented, uh, it does send a major signal that a bipartisan group of uh, members of Congress opposes this, this action and uh, that can help in, in a number of ways, particularly with the legal challenge that we've also filed uh, to this rulemaking. So uh, we're asking everybody in franchising to contact their senators to make sure that they hear uh, that this is a priority for business people in their states. And you can do that through our Franchise Action Network. Uh, and I'll, I'll show actually on, uh, on the main stage of the convention sort of the full extent of the grassroots mobilization that's occurred uh, in franchising and you know, do that and kind of a, yeah, and kind of a visual representation of it. And, you know, I'm also going to highlight a handful of the brands that have really done amazing work mobilizing their franchisees uh, to get involved. So, you know, there's always more that can be done. And I think, you know, we want to demonstrate to the Hill, to the administration that, you know, franchising is a political force not to be messed with. Uh, and this messes unnecessarily with our way of doing business. This is not a political statement. It's just a matter of fact. Like we know how this impacted the industry the last time it was done in 2015. And, you know, as I said in my testimony to Congress, we've seen this movie before and we don't need to see it again. We don't want the sequel. Yeah. And um, 
what I want to do is I want to, I want to double click into something you mentioned about going in uh, with the plan at convention and, and also discuss some highlights, but I, I will make mention on that front. I've been uh, personally, I have been a contributor to the political action committee brand um, pack, which has, has played a, a significant role in helping mobilize that grassroots effort and I just per, would just share to the audience that there are inroads to be able to get involved in that um, it, uh, from a contribution standpoint um, and, you know, all the way up to like very digestible, but all the way up to uh, the ability to get some perks, like maybe meet, maybe meet the keynote that you mentioned, uh, Deion Sanders and some Indeed. other things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so for, for, for the folks that are interested in that, uh, I'll, there'll be contact info in the, the show notes. You can drop Matt a note or myself a note and uh, we can help you direct traffic there. But what is your advice for folks attending? This is a massive event. You said 70 events within an event. Sometimes it's hard to navigate. What is your what is the, the best advice in terms of planning to get the most out of event of the event other than obviously just look at the agenda and really make plans? But any other practical advice there? Yeah, so we'll release our the mobile app will go live on Friday of this week. So a week before, you know, anything in Phoenix kicks off. So, you know, definitely download that, like get a sense of the agenda. You can build your own agenda within the app. Uh, you can connect with with attendees and all those kind of bells and whistles there. Look, our team, like we kind of pride ourselves uh, at the staff level on providing concierge service. You know, I've got four or five people on like our membership team who, you know, Paul Rocchio, Emily George, who are, you know, very well known uh, in, in the world. You know, Sheila Fisher, who came onto the team is very well known uh, in franchising. Reach out to us at the staff level and, you know, tell us like, what are you trying to accomplish? And, you know, we can, you know, help kind of steer you, you know, in a particular direction. Uh, we did also release last week, you know, the more detailed uh, breakout and uh, super session uh, agenda. So, you know, there's there's a paragraph. All the speakers are now listed. So, you know, those are those are definitely things to like download. You know, I posted a LinkedIn thing last weekend and was like, you know, sit down with your Saturday morning coffee and like print this out. It's 21 pages of all of the substantive details and go through it and figure out you know, am I interested in, you know, this technology session versus, you know, this operations uh, session? You know, do I want to be at the, you know, diversity and franchising reception or, you know, do I want to be at the international reception? And, you know, each one I think has a, a different feel, uh, but, it, you know, it's it's like anything in life, like make a plan uh, and, you know, stick stick to it when you, when you get on the ground. Um, so that, those are a couple of, pieces of advice that I would, that I would give people. Uh, you know, we also do some special stuff for, uh, new members, first time attendees, like there's some specific receptions, uh, for, for those we're doing, uh, we did a webinar, uh, for, for the, those as well, which is available, uh, either on our YouTube page or the, uh, IFA Academy, uh, page on franchise.org. So those are a couple other, uh, you know, key, uh, key insights for people thinking about how to maximize, uh, their time there. Yeah, and go in with your with your team as well. If you have team members going, you guys have a plan, and then don't like get out of the bubble of just sticking yeah. with the team. Like the franchise community is the franchise community. We all love it, and everyone is there to connect with other folks, to meet bright individuals, and so get out of the bubble. What highlights? Yeah, what other just, highlights? let me just add one other. Let me just add one other thing on that 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 we started in twenty one, uh, but 
or, or 22, I guess. Uh, and this is the third year we've done these dine rounds with uh, IFA board members. So you can add on to your registration on either Saturday or Sunday night, a dinner, and it's kind of a curated group that we put together with a couple of board members or past IFA chairs and, you know, try to sprinkle, usually these dinners are about 20 people. So they're not like these massive, you know, things. So for people that, you know, might be coming solo or might want to take their team and like divide and conquer, it's been a really rewarding way for, for uh, me and my team to get to know you know, members who I may not know already and figure out how to get them more plugged into different things that the IFA is doing, but also to just get relationships with people that have been in franchising for decades. And, you know, our, literally our board is 70 people who are all in a volunteer capacity, leaders of franchise brands and successful franchisees and suppliers that want to give back. Um, so they're, that's why they're there. You know, they don't, they're there to learn, you know, everybody can continue their learning and professional development, but truly they're there to give their time and service back into the industry and, and forge relationships with our, our members. And I'll say that it's rewarding. It's rewarding for folks to be able to help. And it reminds me of a, just an obvious analogy, but actually I was in a fraternity. I was in leadership. I did some really neat things when I was in college. But I remember someone telling me the best brother of this fraternity is an active brother. So the thing is, is that you get out, you get out of things that you put into it. And so make the extra effort to be at things like that. I think it's super important. What other highlights uh, would you spotlight in terms of IFA? There's a lot going on. There's 70 events, probably hard to recap it. But what other highlights would you yeah, like I to? Yeah, I would say the, the Emerging Franchise or Boot Camp is a really cool uh, bolt-on session that is also happening on uh, on Saturday uh, in the mornings. So that's, that's, I think, a three or three and a half hour uh, boot camp where you do kind of a Fran hack. So we'll, they'll throw out problems, uh, that emerging franchisors face and everybody will go into little tabletops, um, and problem solve and then kind of report back, uh, to the group, how they, how they solve that. There's also a really extensive group of 20 or so, uh, mentors. So franchisor CEOs, people like Gordon Logan and Catherine Monson, uh, who have just built, you know, amazing franchise enterprises. Uh, and again, these are people who are, you know, giving back to the next generation. And so the boot camp is really cool. We're adding on to uh, matchmaking. Uh, I guess not really matchmaking. It's more networking, uh, but curated networking between uh, private equity uh, firms and investment bankers with uh, founders and CEOs of franchisors that have expressed a desire uh, to, at some point uh, in the future, think about bringing on outside capital partners. So we've had a lot of interest uh, in that. Uh, that'll be on the breakfast side of the Emerging Franchisor Bootcamp and then later uh, on at, at a cocktail reception uh, that evening. So that's new this year as well. Uh, also, you know, just given the you know, major influx of private equity into the model. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, strong feelings kind of on, on you know, both sides of, is it good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in between for franchising? You know, I'm personally a, a believer that, you know, every, everything can be taken to its extreme uh, on, on all ends. But on the main stage on Sunday, uh, we're going to highlight two, uh, two different great stories of uh, both platforming and, uh, the role of bringing on uh, different private capital partners uh, through Neighborly uh, as one example uh, and, and how that's at created value on, through multiple transactions. Uh, and okay. then the story of the turnaround of School of Rock, 
uh, led by Rob Price, and now uh, the recent transaction to Rourke and putting that brand onto a platform with youth enrichment brands. So uh, that'll be too, you know, we've not done something that's that focused on kind of the role of private equity and helping do you know add value creation uh, within franchising on the main stage? And then I mentioned the the franchisee piece. So closing general session, our chairman this year of our board, Dave Humphrey, who is a large Planet Fitness franchisee and also backed by a large private equity firm on the franchisee side, is going to moderate a conversation with Greg Flynn, uh, the largest franchisee uh, in the world. Recently, just got uh, expanded out of the restaurant category into fitness. And uh, Jesse Kaiser, who is just a great guy, uh, I think he's in four or five different concepts, is the chair of the multi-unit franchising conference uh, in Vegas this year. Uh, so that'll be really, I think, good conversation and the first time we've done really franchisee-oriented content uh, on the main stage. So we're excited about both of those. Yeah, I say, look, I say this often. I, I have many, many uh, franchisor friends, but the real rock stars in franchising are some of these multi-unit franchisees. Oftentimes they have organizations that are bigger than a lot of the franchisor, franchisors that are out there, especially on the emerging side. Um, as we move to close, because I know we do not have a ton of time, um, just a couple of, one question that came up. You mentioned, you know, sustainable franchising. I know that um, Aaron Harper, a good friend of mine, has, has been speaking on uh, responsible franchising. I've seen you tweet on it. I've seen you talk yeah. about it. What does, what does responsible franchising mean to you? Yeah. Well, our theme of the convention this year is Franchise Smarter, and that was done by design. And contained within Franchising Smarter is this notion of responsible franchising. To me, what it means is... You know, we against this backdrop that I talked about earlier of increased scrutiny over the franchise model by by government uh, and, you know, forces outside our industry, you know, we have a responsibility to franchise and, you know, build our business relationships between franchisors and franchisees, between, you know, franchisors and broker networks between you know, franchisors and franchisees and various supplier partners and do so in a responsible way that, you know, keeps in mind like sound business practices. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned earlier also sustainable growth. And I think that's, that's what I mean. Uh, you know, franchising is very simple when, uh, and, and very successful when, you know, each of the elements uh, are, you know, profitable uh, and, and moving forward. And, you know, I think that that is just something that I think we want to make sure everybody in the in the ecosystem of franchising is keeping front of mind, particularly in this era of, uh, you know, government is like a hammer looking for a nail and we don't want to be that nail and we can do better uh, if we're, you know, if we are keeping that that mindset front and center in in our day to day, um, you know, interactions with our franchisees uh, and with other business partners that we have. Yeah, I, very well said. This is probably a, a it's a very pointed question. It's a tough question, but how do we measure how do we measure success? You know, at the end of the day, I think it boils down to local level and that, you know, if you're talking about politics, but you know, that boils down to all the way down to the unit unit level and the brand level. But as you look at it, as IFA puts together great resources, events like the convention, and then a lot of things throughout the year and a lot of the great work that IFA does, how would you look at, how would you measure success 
of that to to you know to to no longer be the nail how and how would you measure success yeah i i think we're, we're only going to be as strong as our weakest link and at the same time we 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 as an association right we're not going to be the franchising police like that's the job of the regulators uh but i think if we look at the i think if we look at things like you know turnover rate failure rate i think those are those are things that that are you know truly data driven that that we can look at and you know also franchisee satisfaction you know surveys like what franchise business review does you know i feel you know we're 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 in really good shape it's just the the extreme examples in this era where everybody can be uh you know uh, their own media platform correct you know can get highlighted by you know a regulator a you know legislator you know a you know investigative reporter and you know that you know casts a pox on you know either that whole brand uh, or you know even get extrapolated to the entire industry so you know it's a you're right it's a hard question to answer but uh, and we're never going to be perfect uh, but I, I think if more of our members are keeping this top of mind and thinking about you know, in their own system, how are they franchising responsibly? Uh, you know, I, I believe that a rising tide will lift all boats. And, and, you know, franchising, it shouldn't be a zero-sum game, right? You know, these are, you know, brands are run by people and franchisees organizations are run by people. And, you know, it's not always going to work out. And, you know, I think that is, that is also something that, uh, you know, how do you, how do you, exit with honor when, when things don't work out. I think that, you know, reflects well on the, the system, the franchising system uh, as a whole. Yep. And you're exactly accurate. And that's uh, on a macro level. If you look at anywhere in the world, it's kind of the case of the extremes. If you look in politics, we're going super hard this way and super hard this way. And you even mentioned that in the former conversation. And so there are some tremendous things that are going on in franchising and then a couple of bad apples can spoil the lot. But uh, as Tony Robbins says, model what works. Um, IFA convention is is a way for you to be in the room with with folks that have, you know, been very successful and there's a lot of knowledge to learn. Are there any final parting words that you have? I, I would just say if, you know, anybody out there is, you know, still on the fence about whether they should come to the convention, uh, you know, don't, don't hesitate. Like I can tell you, you'll, you know, to your point, Ryan, like you get out of involvement in this organization, like what you put into it. Uh, and if you're, you know, passively observing it from afar, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to maximize the value of your membership uh, in, in the IFA if you're not, you know, fully immersed uh, in it. You know, we're certainly out there fighting all the good fights that we need to be fighting uh, to protect the business model. But the, the, the ability to use, you know, this moment in time to get, you know, updates to, you know, build new connections uh, and to get informed about, you know, what is going on in some of these trends, I think, is is not to be missed, particularly as we're in this age of just, you know, such disruption, uh, you know, really, you know, annually and, and even, you know, in, in, in more short term. And we think about, you know, your your topic and your talks you've given around uh, the use of AI and in, in franchising. I think there's just so much to learn. Uh, and this is in my view, and I'm obviously biased, but you know, the best place to do it uh, in, in the calendar year. 
Love it. Well, Matt Haller, thank you so much for taking the time. Look forward to seeing you in a short week. Indeed. Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. Appreciate all you do and all the support uh, you give to the IFA and the franchise community. Um, I'll see you guys in Phoenix. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.